I'm going to start off by praying. Lord, we just pray that you will just speak through me, that this is your word and not my word. Lord, just bless. Bless me as I speak. Bless my words as they come out, Lord. And I just pray, yes, Lord, that it is, it is just your message and that it is your spirit speaking through me and not my own agenda, not my own flesh, Lord, but um, that I just speak according to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. All right. Well, um, this is quite, I don't like that Ange called me out on this, but I'm going to say it. This is quite a simple message that I'm just going to share this morning. Um, There's not much that I, but there's just something really core in principle that I really wanted to talk about. Um, And I think it's really pertinent to this kind of this journey that we've sort of been going on um, for the past couple of weeks with sermons and preaching and what mum and dad have been talking about and what Carvin kind of preached about last week. Um, And that's this idea of stewardship and this idea um, of, you know, Carvin talked about the harvest. And mum also, actually mum talked about it as well and talking about how the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. And this idea that we are, as each of us, are called to be workers. Um, And for those that have heard me speak on this before, you'll know that this is a a personal favorite of mine, this, this idea of stewardship. Um, it's something that's, that, I've, that I feel like God has really been sort of talking to me about and, and sort of revealing more and more in my life about what stewardship is, what that actually looks like, and how we sort of approach that in a day-to-day, um, in our day-to-day walk with God. And so I... Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about that, but there's a particular uh, aspect that I wanted to focus on. Um, So talking about stewardship, obviously I think it's helpful to sort of acknowledge that God has called us to be stewards. You know, I I actually love the idea that it's kind of in our DNA as as humans, as uh, Christ followers, that we are actually stewards of everything that we are presented with. You know, it goes back to even all the way to Genesis, where uh, in Genesis 1, 28, back to the time of creation where God says um, that you have dominion over the world, that you, have, that you are to look after the fish in the sea and the plants and the, the birds in the sky and this idea that us as humans have been entrusted with this world that... God has sort of uh, presented us with. And I think that carries all the way through this attitude that um, that everything in life is temporary. Everything in life just cycles, you know. But the one thing that is consistent is that we have this responsibility. Um, and the other thing that's consistent is God's kingdom and that God is consistent throughout all of it. And so, uh, yeah, just this... I, I, I just love this idea because I, a couple of years ago, I actually preached on this um, when we were back at uh, Genesano, and this particular revelation came to me as I was really dwelling on uh, Luke 12:22. That's now one of my favorite uh, passages. I think it goes up to 29, where it, it basically it says uh, Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he says, "Do not be anxious." Um, you know that song that we sing, Jira, where the bridge it says. Um, oh, now I've just lost the lyrics. The oh yeah yeah um the first line with the sparrows. Oh, if he if he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, how much more will he clothe you, 
Um, he watches over every sparrow. How much more does he love you? That's where that passage comes from. Um, and this idea that we don't have to toil, we don't have to scrounge around to try and make our living, this idea that, you know, he, 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 Jesus says, um, look at the birds, how they fly around, uh, basically not caring about their days, but the Lord looks after them. Um, and neither of you, how much can either of you, by being anxious, add an extra hour to your life? You can't. So why worry about the rest? Um, and then talking about the, the fields um, adorned with li- lilies. I hate that word, lilies. Um, and, and he says, even Solomon, with all of his riches, could never have been adorned like these. And yet these lilies uh, are cut and thrown into the fire the next day. Um, how much more will he clothe you? And so, this, yeah, there's this idea that we, everything we have is actually provided for us by God, and we don't have to worry about it. You know, it says that the world seeks after these things. Later in that passage, it says the world seeks after these things, but the Lord knows that you need them, and he delights in giving you gifts. So we have these gifts that are given to us, and he delights in it, and he knows that we need them. These aren't just like worldly things that we don't have to care about it and, you know, become like these ascetists or like monks that, you know, just I don't care about the world and I'm separated from it, you know, holier than now kind of thing. It's actually like I am in the world. I still don't have to worry about it, but it's because God will and has provided it for me. And and so as I was reflecting on that, a lot of that, me reading that a lot of the time was actually out of this place of I need, like, I need help, like in terms of you know, financial things at the time, and I was just, like, stressed about money, as you do, and it was just one of those periods of time where I was, you know, and, and, and that scripture actually has really become a rock for me, um, and for Abs and I, even just in our lives, as you, you know, as you kind of ebb and flow with, um, you know, marriage and finances and, you know, two people spending your money and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> I think it, the, the point is that it, that has become a rock, but as I really dwelt on that, I also kind of realized, I'm like, well, cool, if God has given us this stuff and actually has provided us with that, and he's, he, it's almost like a, it's not just an invitation, it's almost like a command, like, do not be anxious. It's almost this idea that, no, I'm actually telling you not to be anxious, not to actively, like, concern yourself with this stuff because I've looked after it. And so then I'm like, okay, well, God, if you've looked after it, what then, where is my focus? And that's when I started to realize that actually we're stewards of everything we have because God has given us everything. So therefore we are just to look after everything we've been provided because it's all God's. If God has given it to us, it's it's his. You know, just like our lives are his, this idea that everything we have and we do is his, and then that means that our focus can turn to our real purpose, which when you look at things like Jesus' whole purpose, how he was always in ministry, even his, the great, um, oh, what's the word? The great commission, when he says, go and make disciples of nations, you realize that at the core of it and at the core of our being as Christians on this planet um, is to focus on making disciples, but to focus on building up people and in building up God's kingdom in the lives and hearts of the people around us. 
So it, it kind of gives us this freedom. It's like, oh, cool. I don't actually have to worry about scrounging around in the dirt to sort of make my living. I can actually just leave that in the hands of God and focus on using what I've got to bless the people around me and to serve the people around me because that's actually what God wants us to focus on. You know, God's kingdom isn't a physical kingdom. And God says that. Jesus says that even in Acts. When the, as he's going up and the disciples are like, Jesus, when will you rebuild Israel? And he's like... Um, he kind of almost skips over the question and he's like, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. So focus on building each other up and building each other in the Spirit. Um, it, it's actually this idea that it doesn't matter what empires we go. You know, like Rome, when Rome eventually became a Christian uh, empire, that probably would have been like, yes, we've like gained power. But then what ended up happening to Rome? It turned to dust. Like, there's, it doesn't matter how big the empire can get. It doesn't matter how much political influence we might try and achieve. At the end of the day, dust to dust, it, it doesn't matter. What we have is God's spiritual kingdom in the midst of us and in our hearts. And that's where God actually wants our focus, is on building each other up um, and not focusing on trying to, um, you know, build up our wealth so that we can be a, a rich champion for God. Um, that doesn't mean that God isn't going to use our wealth. And that doesn't also doesn't mean... and um, and I firmly believe this, that, that God can use the, the financial um, understanding or wisdom of people to build up wealth so that they can be a blessing to people. God will still use those things, but at the core of it um, is the heart to serve people and to build up people. Um, so this is where I started to realize that stewardship isn't just something that we do. It's actually a filter through which we view our lives. And it's actually a filter through how we approach everything we do, every interaction we have, every relationship that we build, every discussion that we have with people, um, every little act of service, every little thing that I own, like, um, you know, like my car, how I want to use that to bless people. If God, if I feel like God wants me to do that, my musical skill and ability, my ability to talk and to get up in front of people, um, or rather my, my lack of desire, but my ability to do that. So I, I lay down my lack of desire and I get up and speak anyway, because this is something that God has, has given me an ability to do. So I steward that well. Um, and I push through and I obey. Um, but again, what do we focus on? We focus on people. And so that's why I really love having like, when, you know, Carvin sent out this message uh, earlier in the week to kind of get people to help out for the service. And Abby sort of talked about it as well before. And that is actually going to be so true for the next couple of weeks because we're going to be here and we're going to, we actually want to try and meet here more and more regularly so that we can start to really build into that sense of community again because I think a lot of us have been missing being with, e with each other as regularly as we can. Um, but I've loved the response. You know, I love seeing people just message me like, hey, Josh, yep, yeah, I'm happy to help out. Would love to come early and set up. And um, that kind of stuff really means a lot to me because it's seeing other people in the church being like, yeah, I want to help out. I want to help build and serve my church family. Um, and that's awesome. You know, no one's doing me a favor. No one's doing the senior leaders a favor. They're all doing it because there's this love for people and this love for our church and our family here. Um, 
that is, has been so cool to witness and it's just so cool seeing people rock up all smiley and being like, yeah, let's all, let's get around, let's help each other out. But I think this actually needs to be the way that we kind of approach church. And I think this can be, this really can be the way that we sort of approach how we, um, I guess, interact with the church as a whole. And I don't, I don't just mean Melbourne Life right now. I mean church, big C, like the wider church, the body of Christ. This, this, this idea of like, yeah, everything I do is servicing God's bride, Jesus' bride. You know, and there's something as simple as it is, as simple as it is to rock up half an hour early and go and set up the baby change tables. There's something so profound in that, in this idea that we just rock up and do it. It's so simple, yet you're doing it. There's no personal benefit, especially if you don't have kids. You're like, I don't, why, why would I do this? I don't care. But you're doing it because it's, you know that it's... Um, this, and I'm also speaking out of personal revelation. I'm not saying that the other people have done this. I don't know your hearts, for those of you that have come. So you might not be thinking this, but personally, or like, for example, when I've, you know, come up here and done worship or when I help out set up the camera and the stream, I'm like... I'm doing this because I, I genuinely believe in, in serving the people in our church and helping as many people as possible um, experience our services, you know. Like, I'm, I'm here, so I don't, it doesn't bother me if the stream's not up. It's not true. Of course it does, but I, you get my point. I'm going to stop talking now. Um, well, stop talking about that. So the the beautiful thing about it all, and this is the thing that I actually really wanted to focus on, is that all of this can and should and will and does come out of love. Um, and it comes out of this profound love that we have only because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, only because God abides in us. You know, we had this really great discussion in our life group um, on Thursday night um, Abby and I are in a life group with Carvin, um, and a few of the guys are here as well. And we were talking a little bit about um, serving, and um, it was really interesting because it was, it was this really cool. We we're kind of going back and forth on this idea of, um, you know, we serve out of an abundance of our hearts, and then, but also this this kind of fine balance between serving out of obedience, but also not serving out of obligation. Um, this sort of interesting line that you can kind of balance and toe where you serve because your heart is like, I want to serve the Lord. And even if I don't feel like it, I'm going to be obedient. Like how we do when we don't feel like reading the word, but we obey and we do it. We don't feel like praying, but we obey and we do it. We don't feel like serving, but we obey and we do it. But not letting that turn into obligation or fear of judgment or fear of whatever um it either way if it's if there's fear in it that's where the line is and so this is one one, on reflecting on that i was like it really does have to be out of love you know and 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 i was reading um first john chapter 4 verse 15 to 19 and this is the one that i'd really like people to kind of actually take away from this i'm going to turn to it i should have bookmarked it but i didn't so give me a sec while i turn uh, so yeah, the first letter of John to chapter 4, I'm going to read from this verse 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. 
So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. So the crux of this message really is about this notion that our, our main focus for anything we do should always be love first and should always be in seeking God first and letting his love abide in us so that we can then... It, it's, not, it's not like we do things out of love and then God's love will abide in us. We have to love God first. Well, God loved us first so that his love can abide in us. And then out of that comes this overflow of, of doing things out of love. And I would, I would make the argument that that's the same for stewardship. You know, you can argue that stewardship is done out of obedience and there are commands. You know, like when God, Jesus gave some pretty brutal parables about um, stewards, right? There's one about the, the three servants who, one of them like went in and invested the talents that he was left with and he made double. One of them made the like half and then one of them buried it because out of, he was scared and so then when he came back, he just had the same amount. And so God took his talents away and gave it to the one who doubled it. And then there's also the one where there's like the shrewd um, the or the dishonest steward, which I actually also preached on a little bit a while ago. But um, yeah, he it's almost like he's, uh, what's the word? Um, He's not celebrated, but he, it's almost like there's this notion of like, yeah, he looked after himself and he was selfish, but he, he did what he needed to do to survive. There's these pretty, I don't know, it, when I've read them in the past, there's, there's almost been this kind of like, oh, like God really needs us to steward things well. Um, but actually, the beautiful thing is that we don't have to do it with the motivation of these guys. We don't do it out of fear. Um, and in fact, it was fear that led that third steward in the story about the three stewards. It was fear that led that third steward to, to hide his money because he thought it would be better than to fail. Um, but actually, um, we, we have the freedom already and we've already been provided with what we need because of God. So really, we have the freedom to just, just abide in God, let him abide in us, and then we can do it out of love. And that's where the freedom is and that's where the... The joy comes into it. You know, I think, <clears throat> I, I, I think that the key is that obviously obedience is a part of it. Um, but even obedience has to come out of a place of understanding the freedom that we've been given and the love that God has given us and the, the gift that he has so freely given us um, as his followers. Yeah? So this is this is this is kind of this this notion that I wanted to really focus on was obviously the stewardship that we have to serve other people, but actually it goes further than that. It's not just about how we how we act or what we do, but actually first and foremost we do it out of love, and we have to abide in this place of love first, and we need to let God's love transform us. And this applies to everything we do. You know, I'm not just talking about serving in church, and this is this goes back to this idea that stewardship is a filter. I'm literally talking about everything that we do. You know, I, 
I, it's, it, it goes into our lives out in the workplace. It goes into our conversations. You know, not everyone will be asked to serve in church. I do believe it is special and, and working and building up the bride of Christ. I, I believe all those things, and I believe there's a lot of emphasis on church um, in the Bible, and I think that is important. But I also believe that we have been sent to be out in the world, and we have, descent, we have been sent to make um, just like sent out into the world to make disciples. You know, we've, we, we've been sent to make uh, to be fishers of men, um, to almost this like idea of casting our line out and drawing them into the presence of God. There's this this idea that um, you know, like the, when the disciples, when they when the um, when the persecution hit in Acts, and the and the church had to split. That's when the that's when the church grew, is when all the people in the church were actually split up and had to leave their little central community in Jerusalem and actually spread out. and the, And they started preaching the word, and it was when they went out in the world that the church grew, and that people were saved. And so I I also believe that all these notions of of stewardship and God building us up in love and having freedom and joy to, to minister to people. It's in everything we do, you know? Every asset that we have, every relationship, every interaction that we have, if we have that position of love in our hearts um, and we are actively being transformed and we are actively hungering for God in love, then he will transform us. And that's when he starts to use us and he starts to teach us how to steward. And he teaches us how to steward our conversations. He teaches us how to... um, be bold in in confrontations um, where they're important. He teaches us how to be strong in our in our beliefs and our principles. He teaches us how to how to be generous with our things, but while also still protecting ourselves um, and and you know looking after ourselves when we need. So yeah, that's kind of it. I just wanted to really, this is just something that I, I really just wanted to sort of focus on because I think it really does have to come from a transformed heart first. I don't think we can just be obedient um, without fully under, or without understanding God in our hearts first. I think we can be obedient. Sorry, I take that back. But I think um, for there to be a, an ongoing, long-lasting um, joy in it it needs to be in love um and i think that happens when we allow god to abide in our hearts and he's already ready you know he loved us first so that we could love him so we need to step into that and let the love transform us and that's where you know that's where inspiration comes for ministry that's where ideas come for how we can um you know help our community and and be god's hands in the in in our community in our city but um, if it's not done with love, then what's the point? You know, Paul says that in Corinthians. It's like, I could speak in the language of angels and men, but if I have no love, well, there you go. That was a good little demonstration of what happens if you don't have love. You get destructive. Um, so I think that's a good place to end my sermon. Um We'd like to sing a song to finish. Might be nice. Let's sing Jesus Paid It All. I think it's a good way to sort of end the service today. Um, Really simple, um, but still very profound. You know, we have the freedom. We have the joy because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. We don't need to strive 
We don't need to try and appease our church leaders. We don't need to try and do things out of obligation. You know, we don't need to do things because we feel like it's the right thing to do. God will actually teach you what the right thing to do is. God will actually show you how you can be a service to the people around you, but it needs to come from God. And if there's fear or a feeling of obligation or anxiety around it, well, then that's, it says in John, perfect love casts out all fear. So that's not God. If there's fear in it or there's, there's anxiety around it, that's not where God has asked you to be or that's not what God is, is placing on your heart for that specific instance, you know. I, I believe that God asks us to step out of our comfort zone. I believe that sometimes God will ask us to do things that we're not totally sure about. But in that has to be love. And so, yeah, that's, that's all. That's all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it there. But I really want us to sing this song. And, and really, I guess just sort of dwell on that idea that Jesus has given us everything. He has paid it all so that we are free. And maybe if you need to ask God to, to sort of transform your heart a little bit, if you feel like you've been doing things. And I'm, again, I'm not just talking about church. That's a good like first place to start. But I'm talking about out in the world. If you feel like you've been doing things out of fear of obligation, of fear of needing to meet approval, fear of needing to meet parental approval, fear of needing to meet boss approval anything that's done out of fear and not out of a genuine place of of knowing God's role in your life, then that's not God. So if you need to to give that up today, if you need to um, yeah, I guess offer up to God, even even if it's just as simple as like, God, show me what I can do. I love you. Help me love the people around me. Help me to to see the world the way that you see the world. Help me to see my family. I'm talking about church family, but also maybe your family family. Help me to see my family the way that you see them, Lord. And help that love build in me and show me how I can how I can love people. Even if your prayer is like, God, I want to steward what I have, but I don't know what I really have. Show me, give me that perspective. Help me to see how I can be a steward in your kingdom. Whatever it is, I want us all to sort of offer up that prayer, that personal prayer. It's going to be personal for each each one of you. I can't tell you what, what it is that, that God is saying to you right now, but I want to take this time to start with the declaration that Jesus paid it all, that Jesus has provided for us, and that he given us what we need and from there we take a position of authority to be like okay Jesus lead me now and show me what I can give to those around me how you want me to be a blessing I want it to be a prayer for some of us I feel like for some of us there's almost this this realisation that God has paid it all. Jesus has paid it all. And he's given me this life. He's risen me from the grave. He's risen me. You know, this this freedom that we have, this salvation that we have, yes, there's a promise of eternity. 
But eternity isn't the only thing that the salvation has given us. That eternity isn't the only thing that our focus should be on. We don't do things so that we can achieve eternity with God, so that we can be in heaven with God. We've actually already been promised that. So then our... our our confidence in that means that we have the freedom to actually have an impact on this world right now. We have an impact to act in love to those around us right now as we speak, as we live our lives. And so let's sing this. Let's let's almost use this as a declaration of being like, yes, Lord, you have raised me from the dead. And let's praise him for that. And let's thank you for this life that we've been given so that we can be stewards in this world so that we can be stewards of the relationships that we have so that we can operate in love towards one another. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us life in you. Thank you, Lord, that you have redeemed us, Lord Jesus, that you are, you have transformed and are transforming us. Lord, we thank you for